Hello, fellow dog-powered sports enthusiasts. This is Chelsea Murray, and you are listening to Positively Dog-Powered, a podcast that dives deep into the real world of positive reinforcement training and dog-powered sports. Many people see the allure of dog-powered sports. Everybody's out on the trail, and they're having a great time. But before getting started, their biggest concern is how teaching their dog to pull is going to impact their ability to walk on a loose leash. Your dog actually can have both. And they can learn both using positive reinforcement training. I get it. The reality is that a lot of dog owners work really hard to teach their dogs how to walk on a loose leash. Impulse control, attention, staying close, it does not come naturally to a lot of dogs. And so we have to work really hard to teach those skills and get them fluent. But walking on a loose leash or forward motion with a loose leash and pulling in harness are both behaviors. And the cool thing about that is that behaviors can be taught. And as Karen Pryor likes to say, all behavior is modifiable. Dogs can, in fact, learn how to pull in a mushing harness and how to walk on a loose leash, also in a harness. But to accomplish both behaviors fluently, it takes a clear training plan and lots of consistency with reinforcement. Today, we're going to talk about what it takes to get a loose leash and how loving to pull in a dog-powered sport could impact our loose leash training plans. But have no fear. By the end of this episode, you'll have the skills you need to teach your dog both. So let's first start by talking about training. When we're teaching loose leash, it's really important that we break things down into really small pieces. For many dogs, the moment they get outside, they're excited, they're aroused, and attention does not come easily. But in order to teach loose leash, we have to start by teaching focus. It's important to bring high-value treats outside with you and work in as low distraction of an environment as you can find. And remember that even though we think of this as just walking, This is work, so we have to keep our sessions really short, about three to five minutes at a time. And between those little mini sessions, you can offer your dog a chance to explore their environment. Sniffing is a great way to break up those sessions. Before we even head outside though, we're actually building our foundation inside. I'm starting indoors in the living room, somewhere where the dog will easily take food and can pay attention. Working on attention on cue and voluntary attention. So when the dog looks at me, I click or say yes to mark the behavior and I pay them. I repeat this process inside until it gets really easy for the dog. The second you pull out those treats, you've got nice eye contact. That's my signal that I can increase the distractions just a little bit. So we might move to a back patio or porch or even a backyard. Somewhere where the distractions are a little bit higher, but it's still a familiar enough environment that the dog can work. I also, in this process, will start to work on teaching the dog to move with me. Generally, it's easier for the dog to follow when there's a little bit of a sense of connection. So I'll start off by walking backwards. I face the dog, take one step backwards, click, and give them the treat. As they start to do well, I'll take two steps before I click and treat, and then three, click and treat. When I can get to three steps with loose leash and attention, then I start forward motion with my body moving forward instead of backwards. So I'll do a little spin, take a step, click and treat. 
In the beginning, it's really important that you have a really high rate of reinforcement. So what does this mean? It means that I'm actually clicking and treating my dog one step at a time. This lets them know that it's a good thing to stay close and stay connected. And when movement gets easier, attention is easy, the dog isn't pulling on leash and trying to go in other places, I can slowly increase the number of steps between each click and treat. So I move from one step, click, treat, one step, click, treat, two steps, click, treat, two steps, click, treat, three steps, click, treat, and repeating the process, adding one to two steps at a time. It's really important to take things slow in this beginning. Remember that this is your foundation for loose leash. And if you try to increase the number of steps too quickly, that foundation will get weak. And what do we know about that? Anything you build on top of that is likely to crumble without a strong foundation. It might seem like this process will take you forever, but I promise it won't. Remember to keep sessions really short. And remember that all training walks are just that, training. We're no longer going out on a regular leash to just get the walk done if the dog is pulling. You might find that adding in a long line will be helpful as they could get a little bit of freedom and still get some exercise in while you're working on teaching them that a four to six foot leash means loose leash. This process is very systematic. I start just by increasing one step at a time, but it's not perfect. So what happens if the dog messes up and puts pressure on the leash? The first thing that you want to think to yourself is pressure equals plant. I'm going to stop all forward motion and plant my feet. If the dog moves forward with pressure on the leash, that forward motion is reinforcing the pulling. And that's not what we want. So by stopping movement, I prevent that forward motion with pressure from getting reinforced in this situation. I'm going to wait for the dog to check in and I click and treat that attention. If the dog doesn't offer attention on their own, you can try using their name to get it or a secondary noise like a kissing sound. And when you do finally get that attention, be sure to reinforce it. Then I'm going to get them back on a loose leash. So I could take a step backwards to get them to connect with me again or even use a food lure to guide them back to my side. I'll capture that behavior by clicking and treating. And then we start the whole process again. One step forward, click treat two steps forward, click treat. For some dogs, especially dogs that enjoy dog-powered sports, we tend to find that they're a bit high energy, high drive, and moving slowly without pressure when they've got places to go and things to see can be frustrating. If you find this process frustrating or your dog finds this process frustrating, you could try doing circles to get their attention instead of stopping and planting your feet. You could also try, let's go and quickly change directions. Sometimes this unpredictability in our behavior will start to get the dog to tune in a little bit more. And for our teenagers or dogs that are easily frustrated, keeping the body in motion really helps keep them with us instead of them getting frustrated. As the dog does well, we want to very slowly decrease how much reinforcement they are getting from us. It can be really tempting when we get up to 10 or 15 steps between each click and treat to say, hey, they've got it, and then cold turkey cut off that reinforcement. I'm going to tell you right now, as tempting as that might be and as annoying as it might be to bring that food out with you on a walk, this is not what we want to do. 
Cutting off cold turkey is a really great way to lose all that progress that you have been making. So it's important that we very slowly continue to fade the food. When I get up to about 10 or 15 steps, or maybe I start to measure it by distance. So every mailbox I click and treat, every two mailboxes I click and treat. I'm saving my reinforcement when it could be harder. So the dog does really well when distractions are really low. There's nothing going on. It's easy for them. I might use praise. Nice job. What a good boy. And when I start to see that other dog approaching, I'm going to increase how much I'm reinforcing the dog to remind them that, hey, even though something exciting is happening, it's better to stay connected with me. So I'm reserving that reinforcement for moments of increased excitement or distractions. For some dogs, you might get up to 10 or 15 steps between each click and treat really quickly. But for others, especially dogs who've had a high history of reinforcement of pulling and getting where they want to go, this process could be a bit slower. Just remember to be observant and to train the dog in front of you. And this could mean that training dog A in your household looks very different than training dog B. Every dog is an individual, and it's really important that you use that reinforcement to what the dog needs. Some common mistakes that I find that people make that hinder them from being able to capture that loose leash all the time is not enough reinforcement. People can get stingy, but dogs need payment. Reinforcement is what drives behavior. And for a lot of our dogs, walking on a loose leash is hard work. They need a lot of reinforcement in order for us to get that desired behavior of loose leash. So again, check that foundation, make sure that you're really taking the time needed. I want to see connection with the dog. Loose leash should be easy for them. And if I find that the dog is forging ahead pretty often, I'm having to stop pretty often, then that's a really good indication that I actually don't have enough reinforcement. I need more reinforcement for loose leash and forward motion. Another common mistake is that people try to do this right off the bat in the most distracting environment. Take it slow. Start in the house, then go in the backyard, then try your driveway. And when that's going well, slowly start going into your neighborhood or to local parks. But remember, we always need to evaluate the environment on each single day. Are there too many distractions around? Is it causing your dog to pull more or not pay attention. This might not be the best environment. This environment might not be setting our dogs up for success. Our goal when we're building this behavior is that the dog can always be successful. So I might find that the distractions are too much and I need to mix it up and go somewhere different. And sometimes that means putting the dog back in the car and heading back home. We also need to make sure that when we're working on our loose leash walking, that we are consistent. A lot of people want to go out for exercise walks and then go out for a training walk. And while us humans can make that differentiation, our dogs cannot. Our dogs are on leash and they're moving. And for them, every single walk needs to be a training walk. We need to make sure that we're consistent in delivering that message that this flat collar or this body harness means loose leash every single time. So we wanna make sure that we don't remove that food too early or allow some walks to be for exercise and pulling and some to be training. If you're starting to teach loose leash from scratch, 
say with a puppy or with a dog who has not yet done a lot of dog powered sports, this process is going to be a lot easier. Because remember that behaviors that get reinforced happen again. So if your dog or your puppy does not have a lot of experience with pulling, then loose leash walking is going to be a lot easier for them to teach. Now, once we've mastered our loose leash walking, whether we did that a while ago or you're going to start that journey just after you listen to this podcast, remember that behaviors that get reinforced happen again. So when we're doing dog-powered sports, the behavior of pulling with certain parameters is getting reinforced. So we might start to see a little bit of excitement and some mistakes aka pulling, happening on our normal loose leash walks. This is totally normal. Do not panic. But how we react to the situation is very important, and our communication needs to be clear. Pulling is allowed in this harness, on these trails, with these cues. And loose leash is what I expect from you with this piece of equipment, in this environment, and with these cues. So we need to make sure we're communicating that to the dogs. A few ways that we can do that would be different pieces of equipment. So my dogs actually do walk on a loose leash in harness and they pull for dog powered sports in harness. But those harnesses are different styles. They're different pieces of equipment. We use an X-back or an H-back harness for our dog powered sports and their loose leash walking harnesses are designed for loose leash walking with a shorter halfback style. So even though they're both harnesses, they fit and feel and look different. So this will help the dog make discrimination between the two activities. You could also choose to do a flat or martingale collar or even a head halter for loose leash walking. The key is that the equipment is different so the dog can use that as context clues. When starting off with both loose leash walking and dog powered sports, I do recommend that you also use the environment to help your dog make a discrimination. So for example, I'm driving an hour and a half to two hours to head to our local trails for our mushing sports. And when I'm starting that loose leash walking, we're sticking pretty close to home, maybe walking in the neighborhood. Changes of surface under their feet, going in the car, and where they're walking can all help them make that differentiation between pulling and loose leash. And you can use that to your advantage. It'd be a lot easier to start that loose leash walking in the neighborhood than on that trail that they're used to running really fast on. We also wanna make sure that when we are out on the trail, let's say maybe you're just starting to teach dog powered sports. We're working on getting that drive into the harness. If for any reason our dog stops pulling, we want to make sure that we change the equipment for them. Because remember that any behavior that gets rehearsed gets stronger. And in my mushing harness, I want pulling to get reinforced. So if the dog is tired or confused or just lacking drive that day, even if I was out there to do dog powered sports, I recommend that you swap equipment and clip them from their harness to their collar. This way, they're getting reinforcement of the desired behavior in the desired equipment. I also help communicate whether we're pulling or whether we're doing loose leash walking based on the cues or commands that I'm giving to my dog. So when we're doing loose leash walking, I want attention. 
not all the time, but periodically. So I use their name or watch me to get eye contact from them. I also use the cue with me, which signals to the dog that they should stick close. Not a perfect heel. We're not going into the obedience competition ring at this time. We're just casually going out together, but I want them to be connected and stick close. I also use the cue let's go, which means follow me if I'm changing directions. And I'll use a hand target to help redirect the dog if I need a little bit more focus and engagement from them when out on a walk. And obviously, none of those cues are used when we go out and do dog-powered sports. I don't want attention from them. There's tension on the line, so they're out in front. And any direction cues that they give, right, left, chi ha, stop, go, those are all given as verbal. And I don't expect the dog to turn around and look at me. So the cues that I'm using and the directions that I'm giving can also help me communicate that we're doing pulling versus loose leash walking. Remember too, that food reinforcement or reinforcement in general plays a really big part in the behavior. Now this gets a little tricky because when we're doing these activities, reinforcement can come from food out of our treat bag, but the environment and the ability to move forward are also really big motivators for our dogs. So we need to make sure that all reinforcement is happening for the correct behavior. So what does this mean? Well, it means when I'm doing loose leash walking, all forward motion happens on a loose leash. Seems obvious, right? Forward motion in that circumstance is reinforcing my loose leash. I'm also using food reinforcement to click and treat or capture the behavior of loose leash and pay the dog for it. And I'll use praise. We can also get pretty sly with our mechanics and we can teach dogs how to go sniff on cue and I can use sniffing as a reinforcer for the dog. So if we're walking along, my dog passes a really tempting spot where they normally like to drag me to go sniff. I might click and treat them for moving with me and then send them to go sniff so that I reinforce that behavior with the click with food, and with the ability to access the environment. So you have to remember that when you're out with your dogs, reinforcement can come from us in the form of food, but it can also come from the environment. And the same thing happens for our dog-powered sports. When we're first getting started, I actually am having clients bring food out on the trail. But in that circumstance, the click and treat is happening for pressure on the line while we're canny hiking. They respond correctly to a directional like G or Ha. I click and toss the treat out in front of the dog to pay them for that correct response. But that forward motion with pressure is also reinforcing. So getting to move forward will reinforce that pressure in the harness. Remember too, that if you are just starting dog powered sports and you have big history of loose leash walking, we're probably going to need to bring food out for both. And the reason is because the dog has a huge history of reinforcement for loose leash walking. So that's going to be easier for them. It might take a little extra encouragement to reinforce in a different piece of equipment, the concept of pulling. It also means that as we're reinforcing pulling, the dog might start to figure out how fun that is. And of course, we're reinforcing that behavior. So you might see a little bit of confusion when we start to go out doing loose leash walking again, and that's totally normal and totally okay, but we're going to want to bring that food back out with us to make sure that we're reinforcing each desired behavior 
in each circumstance. So as you can see, it's complicated. Loose leash walking, it does take a little bit of time to build, but try to be patient and try not to use any labels that are gonna prevent you from doing this. Your dog can learn both. Your dog can learn how to walk on a loose leash and how to pull. Both can be done in harness if you choose and both can be done with positive reinforcement. The key is consistency. We need to make sure that we're clearly communicating to our dogs what we want from them. And we need to make sure that that behavior gets reinforced. Now, along the lines of our reinforcement, I do want to make note that not all treats will work for this. It's really important that you find a treat that your dog finds reinforcing. Our goal is for it to be something small so that we can give a lot of it, and we want it to be easy to deliver. Some treats are harder to get out of the hand, and some, like hot dog if they're too slimy, get stuck. So play around with treat values and make sure that it's something that your dog really wants. I promise that by using those high value treats, you're going to make progress faster because your dog is going to want it a lot more than they want that low value treat that's not really worth their time working for. The other thing to remember is that mechanics are hard and you're going to be learning a new skill here too. So try to be patient with yourself. We want to make sure that we have our clicker and leash in one hand and our treat bag and dog on the same side that we're delivering the treats. Make sure that you take the time that your dog needs to build that strong foundation. Be generous with your reinforcement so that your dog understands that loose leash and attention to you is what you want in this context and pulling is what you want in the other context. Still feeling a bit overwhelmed and like you might need a little more help? That's totally understandable. This is a brand new skill for you and working on it is going to take a little time. But the good news is that I've got a YouTube channel that you can check out. Positive Futures has their own training and behavior YouTube channel filled with free tutorials that you can check out on things like how to pay attention on cue and loose leash walking so that you can get a little bit of visual aid to our talk today and figure out exactly what you need to do when you're working with your dog. And if you're still feeling stuck, don't be afraid to reach out to a certified professional trainer who uses positive reinforcement training techniques to get you that step that you are missing and coach you through the process. So until next time, have fun chasing tails on the trails. Oh, 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 oh